Welcome, Heartache Connoisseur listeners. This is your host, Marty Carpenter, coming to you with another episode of the Heartache Connoisseur podcast. It's been a little while. How's everybody doing? I've missed you. How is your summer going? Are you one of those parents that have a little ball player? Have you been out at the at the ballpark day in, day out, under the hot sun, watching youngsters play? Well, Shelly and I decided to go to the ballpark last night. We have a minor league team just up the road uh, called the Cedar Rapids Colonels. And a couple of times a year, I like to go up there and catch a game. And I'm always impressed with the quality of the baseball. I mean, these, these are guys that are, you know, it's minor league baseball, but they're not far in terms of their ability from the big leaguers. And they have... Uh, many famous uh, Major League Baseball stars that have played there and gone on to Major League careers. It's uh, owned by the Minnesota Twins. And and uh, usually on a weeknight, there's not very many people there. And you can kind of pick your seat and get really close if you want to. And we were sitting pretty much right behind the first base dugout, which is the home dugout. And you could see the players down there and hear them talking to each other. And And uh, the kids gather down there, too, on the edge of the dugout, and they try to catch the balls that the players throw into them uh, between innings. You know, the first baseman will play catch with the infield, and then he'll toss the ball over to this group of kids. And most of those kids ended up with one or more balls, except for this one little guy. He was probably the littlest guy out there. Looked like he was maybe eight or nine years old and had his glove on and was waving and yelling for a ball and disappointed he when he didn't get a ball and some older kid who already had a ball would get a ball and he wouldn't and it was a big problem for him and at one point he he had one in his clutches and he drops it down onto the field and he starts to climb down onto the level of the field and and one of his other buddies grabs him and he's like man you're gonna get in trouble don't go down there and he didn't but later he finally he gets a ball but for a while this was a big problem for this kid i mean he was he was upset uh, rightfully so because i thought maybe one of these bigger kids should have shared a ball with him but he had to go through what he had to go through right that's one of the lessons on this podcast but it got me to thinking about perspective on problems because i was sitting there thinking you know when this kid is my age uh he's not going to remember this it's not going to be an emotionally charged moment for him uh he's probably not going to as an adult go down there and try to get a ball although it crossed my mind because i wanted a ball (laughs) but i knew how inappropriate it would be to go snatch a ball out of the clutches of one of these little kids and so i you know i stood down but I will have my day. At some point, a foul ball. Actually, I don't want those things coming anywhere near me. It's not worth the risk of head trauma. But anyway, this was a big problem for him for a time. I mean, he was upset and very intense about this and, and very focused on it. And it was the biggest thing in his world. And I'm guessing it was a big deal even coming to the game. And he probably had a plan uh, of of going out and getting a ball and and trying to get a ball from the from the players and such. So, but we're like this. We're adults are like this. And so one of the tricks that psychiatrists employ, one of the things we have to to do in the in the type of work that that I perform is that I have to maintain empathy for people at the time they're having problems, knowing full well that the problems at some point are going to work out. 
And so I think about this, and I wonder how, to what degree is this true? How bad can the problem get and it still be true that it's all going to work out? Because it seems to be true a lot for really big problems. And it worked out for this little boy. He ended up getting the ball. And even if he hadn't gotten the ball, it would have worked out. He would have moved on with his life and something else would have caught his attention and it would not have continued to be a problem. Now, sometimes on this podcast, I get a little philosophical and I wonder about the nature of the universe and how things are structured and just what realm are we in here? This earthly realm, this material realm characterized by solar systems and galaxies contained in a larger unit that we call the universe. And what, what size of a unit is this? Is there more beyond? And if so, how does it impact what's going on right here? Because we're really small, it seems, doesn't it? On one hand, we, we look out with the Hubble telescope to the edges of the known universe, and we, we see that, that relative to the distances involved in the entirety of, of what is known to man, we are minuscule. Yet there's something in us that, that lets us know that we're infinitely valuable. And that's one of the things that I believe is true about people is that to the creator and to each other, we are infinitely valuable, and yet we are minuscule. So there's an issue of proportion, and there's an issue of perspective, and there's an issue of paradox that seems to come into play when we're talking about the nature of things and the size of things and the proportion of things. And I think the same thing holds true with respect to our problems. And so I think about this little boy and the problem that he encountered in not getting a ball and how important that was to him. And I could tell that as an adult observing him, it was less important to me and that I also knew that over time it would become less important to him. And when the process works like it's supposed to, after we go through something, difficult, we're, we're a little bit less afraid because we've watched ourselves handle it. We've gained new perspective. We've been around a little bit longer. We've got another uh, experience under our belt. And I think about my own life, and I've talked a fair amount about my own story and some of the challenges that I've been through and the things that have been painful and difficult for me and the triumphs associated with those things. And I wonder to what degree are things going to be okay? What problems are there really that aren't going to somehow be okay in the end? Are there any, including death itself, that are not going to be okay? And what would it do to our lives as we know them if our perspective was accurate? Because this is a big universe. I mean, we look out with the Hubble telescope and we look to the edges of the known universe and we can't help but see how tiny we are in relationship to that. And it seems like a cold place out there and distant and uncaring 
but is it really? And where does this realm fit? Is there a higher realm? Are there other higher realms? Are there other universes? And if so, do the, does the fact that there could be higher realms have anything to say about our problems here and now and the severity with which we experience them and the pain with, with which we experience them? And how is anything ever okay? What is the process by which we go from being in the middle of a terrible, horrible crisis to having it be fully resolved and having it make us better, wiser, more well-adjusted, more patient, more kind, more loving? How does that happen? What about this universe supports that process that we minuscule beings on this tiny speck called Earth in this great universe might, might be healed simply by the passage of time? Is there something about the fabric of this that supports us, that brings us through? Is it wired into the system, I wonder? Is there something that loves us, that's infused the entire landscape of all that we know with healing properties, with love? I mean, our, our bodies heal themselves without us doing anything in certain ways. Miraculously, it almost appears. I mean, we have scientific explanations that are partial. But if we really understood the background fabric of this universe and, and the place that we have within all of the realms and the value that we have, would everything suddenly be okay? Would it be an end to crisis? And it's so important that we mourn with one another when we have these painful periods that we empathize and we feel with each other. But I believe it's also okay to reassure one another and to have hope that no matter how hard and painful things seem, that it seems that the natural trajectory of things is toward healing. It must be that we are in a dimensionally smaller realm, even though it seems large and infinite when we look at it through the Hubble telescope and things like that, that it must be that if you could imagine, say, uh, a bug on a wire walking back and forth, and that's the only choice that bug has, is either back or forth. That, and that's all the world that that bug knows. It doesn't know that there's a, a, a third dimension. And then, so we're, we're in this three-dimensional space. We've got up, down, back, forth, et cetera and the dimension of time also. But it's, it's, it's really difficult to get the human brain around this idea that there could be higher dimensional spaces, higher realms, for instance, that we can't perceive. And we have limited senses. Of course, everything that you are aware of has been filtered by your eyes and your ears and your sense of touch and interpreted by your brain. So nobody sees reality exactly 
as it is. No one has any idea what reality really is because we only see the visible light spectrum. We only hear the frequencies that are in the range that we can hear them. And we know they're narrow. Uh, we have infrared sensors, for example, or a simpler example might be binoculars. You know, if you're at a baseball game and you put a pair of binoculars up to your eyes, all of a sudden you're experiencing a world that's completely different than without. And how far can we take this? I mean, how, how different could it possibly be all around us if we had the sensors to detect it? So it's not obvious who we really are because we don't have the ability to perceive truth as it is fully. We don't have the ability to see full reality. And we have all these books. We have these ancient teachers that have come before us that have written about other realms. We've had seers that have come who, who seem to have the gift of looking into other dimensions and, and write about what they see. And we have evidence in the form of reports from teachers and mystics that there is something higher. And logically what that indicates to me is that there's no limit then to what is going to be okay. Even death itself, it appears, may just turn out to be fine. Maybe even desirable. <laughs> And we're all terrified, of course, because it's the unknown and we're, we're afraid of it. But it's not our size that gives us value. It's not, it's not that we're small and tiny, stranded on this rock in the outskirts of a galaxy of billions of galaxies. We're not worthless. All of the evidence, in my view, points to the fact that we're anything but worthless, that we're infinitely valuable as a matter of fact. And that we don't really have any idea how big we are. I can tell you this, we may be small in physical size in relationship to what we know, but our stories are huge. Our lives are huge. They can be. Our hearts are infinite in what they can hold and what truths they can speak what they can feel and the depths that they can understand intuitively. Those things are huge. Far bigger than this collection of cells that we call a human body on planet Earth. And we have to remember that, that this is not all there is, that there's a beyond that is not well understood. But we know enough to be hopeful. We know enough if we pay attention to the background nature of things that the general flow is towards growth and healing. And if you don't see that, I understand because there's a lot to be cynical about and there's a lot of pain But a lot of it has to do with the perspective that we choose. Do we choose to see ourselves 
on a path of growth, learning, healing, and recovery? Or do we choose to see ourselves as victims of circumstance and abusers without a chance of happiness because of all the things that have been perpetrated against us? Do we see ourselves as owed something? Or do we see ourselves as grateful for what we have? And the more I know about just how held up and nourished we are, and just how seen and understood we are, and the more I let those themes penetrate my own soul and change me from the inside out, the more I know it's going to be okay. No matter what. Even to death. So put on your glove, keep yelling for that ball, but if you don't get it, head up to the concession stand, get some popcorn, sit down, and enjoy the game. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time on the Heartache Connoisseur Podcast. For knowing everything.